Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright. The power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected. A place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules, and I am doing the show from Mandana University in Alili, Nigeria. And I'm so glad you could join me. Tonight we have Karen Scarpula, and it's all about the act of forgiveness. And it's a great story and one of kindness, charity, and love and one which you'll never forget so stay tuned for that now i mentioned that i am at this precise time in alili nigeria and when i spoke to uh, the largest audience i've ever spoke to of about twenty-five thousand, i was amazed to discover that there are are a few students who actually listen to my show. Yes, the Law of Attraction and The Secret are very well known here. And I was so delighted that Kennedy, a student, came up to me just so that we could have a picture together. It's a wonderful experience and one that made my whole trip. Can you imagine me sitting in Southern California and then have the realization that my voice actually carries to Nigeria? A very, very powerful experience for me. Just to give you some insight into Nigeria, you know, everyone has a cell phone here, even iPads and all kinds of electronic devices. And I'm thrilled to say that they know about Skype and YouTube. They are very much into music, of course, and rap. And we saw some delightful demonstrations of that as well as the African cultural dances just really tremendous the thing that stands out most for me are that these people are absolutely beautiful they really should be professional models i have seen beauty beyond words now we're out in the bush in nigeria a lush green tropical jungle surrounds us which mean which means we are depending on malaria pills and insect repellent just to keep us safe. So I am here after eight days of of being in Nigeria and understanding what is normal for me and my way of living is not what is normal for the existing community here in Nigeria. There are many students that come here from all over Nigeria, from everywhere, to attend the university. And they desire to be doctors, lawyers, communication experts, electronic experts. 
you name it, even dentists and pharmaceutical industries, everything is, is done at this university. I visited the hospital where the students were observing the doctor and patients, and it was fascinating to see 90% of those medical students are, in fact, female in a country where women are so discriminated against and thought of as revenue for labor and sex slaves it's wonderful to see so many young women manifested their careers in white coats i think it's absolutely brilliant and i applaud not only the women here but also the medical doctors who are teaching the students it is a very very wonderful sight. Now I am living at the university where the professors, medical doctors, and dignitaries are housed. Now here, unbelievable to me, but the showers do not work. We do have running cold water, no hot water, water and we bathe from a bucket and wash our clothes and our hairs and our bodies with this bucket of cold water and uh, I'm amazed how well I've done <laughs> actually for this you know I I discovered that I really am adaptive uh, depending on what's needed for the area so as you can imagine it brought brand new understanding to me that which I take for granted and I'm so grateful and what I would call as deplorable living conditions for the students are actually considered to be normal and even much much better than other areas in Nigeria Now, this is also the area, or close by, to where the 300 girls were kidnapped by Boko Haram, which means, actually, in English, no Western teaching allowed, and where they took the Christian girls to convert them Im immediately into the Islamic religion. Yesterday, we heard that some of the girls were released, but the majority still remain because the sex trade industry is way too lucrative for the terrorists. And because we're at Madonna University, which is a private Catholic university, it is no surprise that all of the vehicles that enter the campus are searched for bombs and we have armed militia escorting us from the airport to the university because of the fears of kidnapping which is also quite lucrative around here in these parts with all the major things that are not considered to be normal from where i come from the fact that the university is at the forefront of teaching those who enter the gates about father Ida's peace model and this is what I want to bring to you in the future magazine uh, issue. That's one in which the rest of the world can learn a great deal. And basically, it has to do with the law of attraction, too, because it's about recognizing the inherent good that resides in every human being and animal on this planet. And once you can tap in and communicate with that inherent good, 
you can get everlasting peace and that's what um, they are trying to convey and teach the students here in Alili, Nigeria. You know, it's really amazing the things that I have learned here and I, I'm not fully comprehending everything, but I will shortly and it's going to bring to light even more important things about the law of attraction that I'm hoping to share with all of you. Uh, this trip to Africa has been an eye-opener for me. And I hope everyone will join me in sending much love and acceptance to every woman, every child, every man. For it's true, we all have good in us and we can communicate with people collectively through the mass consciousness. And this is where, in our prayers for peace, that we not miss out on this wonderful area of Nigeria in Africa. There's so many other areas that need to be identified with and you never know what the future is going to hold here. I find it interesting that tomorrow evening I'm leaving for Oslo, Norway, which happens to be the most expensive city in the world. Now, I didn't plan this trip. As a matter of fact, a month ago, I didn't even know that I was going to be on this trip. So I'm thinking that the universe is wanting me to understand something, sending me into the bush, into what I would consider to be a very impoverished area, and then sending me into the most wealthiest city. So there is a profound message waiting for me to decipher as I'm continuing on. At this point, I cannot even just guess about anything, but I do know that this is all divinely inspired, and I'm willing to play it through to find out what the message is. I will be doing and recording another show from Oslo, Norway, so um, perhaps, just perhaps, I will be able to figure all of this out. If not, I'm not going anywhere. I'll, I'll keep you posted. What I do know through all of us, all of this is, is that we're all connected. We all have the same desire to live our lives to the fullest in complete safety for ourselves and for our children to see everyone live in abundance and to be able to thrive. That is our desire that we were born with. Every single person has the same desire. And recognizing this, it should be very easy to obtain this. So I, I'm still amazed, but I think that there's a bigger message to this all. And I'm so happy and delighted that I'm actually able to bring you all of this through the next issue of the Law of Attraction magazine. And on top of all that, Foster and Kimberly Gamble have both written exclusive articles for 
the magazine about how the planet is changing. And somehow, I think that my visit here to Madonna University and to Oslo, Norway will play perfectly into the role and what we're all supposed to be discovering. And it's all good and it's all necessary and it's coming to you through the Law of Attraction. Now, before we get started on tonight's show with Karen Scarpula, I wanted to mention that we have the uh, wonderful, exciting, affordable Law of Attraction Singles Cruise, and it is now uh, in partnership with Law of Attraction Singles, which is one of the best dating sites on the internet. And if you're going to get involved with a potential mate, why not make it a like-minded spirit who knows your thoughts create your reality? It's a glorious three-night cruise out of the Port of Long Beach down to Ensenada. The rates are really low until now, until uh, the middle of June. So don't delay. Sign up right away. The dates are now October 22nd to the 25th. And I had to postpone the date to this date because of my Africa and Norway trip. I think you'll understand. And if you want to find out about the rates uh, and about getting a roommate, go to LOARadioNetwork.com slash love-boat and fill out the registration form. Our cruise expert will give you a call and see if you can qualify for other discounts as well as finding out about you so that we could get you a roommate if you so choose. I can promise this ship is going to be so much fun and you will learn how to attract your perfect mate to you as well as how to communicate to keep the romance alive. So join me. I'm looking forward to it. So let's take a fast break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. It's here. It's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Dot N-E-T. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network, heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Come join us on Facebook for your daily dose of inspiration and action that reveals the secret within you. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Law of Attraction Radio Network. That's facebook.com forward slash Law of Attraction Radio Network. Karen Todd Scarpula empowers people through forgiveness. 2014 has been heralded by some as an age of transformation and studies show that people who forgive are happier and healthier than those who harbor ill feelings and hold resentments. 
From a young age, Karen Scarpula always felt she had a path to fulfill and a sense of responsibility to make a difference in the world. Fast forward to 2011. Her ex-husband is dying of cancer and she and her children moved back in with him to live as a family for 10 months. It is during this experience that Karen was forced to rediscover her anger in which to learn how to forgive. She chronicles her remarkable transformation in walking toward the light, a journey in forgiveness and death. And it's available on Amazon.com. She has become an expert on forgiveness and conducts seminars and workshops all over the U.S., inspiring people to forgive. Her second book, Walking Through the Shadows the Year After, demystifies grief and provides a framework for families going through the grief process. Welcome, Karen, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Thank you so much, Jules. I'm so excited to be here and share my process and my passion for forgiveness with everyone. And I think it's a topic well overdue to, due on our station. This is a, a really important topic. So let's talk about your book, Walking Toward the Light, A Journey in Forgiveness and Death. And it's a true story about your experience with your ex-husband. Would you like to share some details with us? Sure. (laughs) I'd be happy to. You know, it's an experience that uh, had you told me when we divorced uh, eight years ago now uh, that I would live with him as he died, I would have laughed at you and said, you are crazy. We were not in a great space. We didn't like each other a whole lot. Um, but he had been diagnosed in 2011 with um, esophageal and stomach cancer, and it was terminal at the time of diagnosis, so we knew our time was fleeting, and I had sort of a universal epiphany the same night that he called with his diagnosis. I was um, at home and received a call from my attorney saying that they had an offer on my home. It had been on the market for three years, Jules, and I had not had a single offer until that night. So I took it as a sign. It was time for me to step up and help my ex-husband. And I really did it for my children. They were not in a great place with their dad. They didn't have a close relationship. So we moved in as a family with the idea that the kids would have an opportunity to build a new relationship with their father, mend any wounds, and sort of have some happy moments before he passed. And the great thing about the whole experience, while it was very difficult, um, it was incredibly rewarding for me because I found forgiveness in the whole thing, something so completely unexpected. And I walked away from that experience. He passed after 10 months. And as I began to tell people that I came across what I had done, their response to me all the time was, oh, I would never be able to do that. You know, oh, I could never forgive my ex-husband or I could never forgive my ex-wife or I could never move in and take care of somebody like that. And I always used to think to myself, well, why not? You know, we're all compassionate and caring people. Why can't you do that? And I decided that it was my responsibility to share our story with everyone and to share my process that I 
used to forgive. And hence the book, uh, I decided I needed to start by writing a book about our, our experience. And it is a memoir. It's a very, very personal look at our journey. I'm incredibly honest and authentic in the book. As I wrote the book, I wrote from a place of deep emotion. And I believe it resonates with readers because of that. Let me get some uh, details that the audience may be able to identify with. So at the time that he was diagnosed, did you move in immediately? I mean, you were not really talking to him. And how long had it been since you divorced? So at that point, it had been... Uh, six years since our divorce, I called him and met with him personally and suggested that the kids and I move in with him, that he was going to need help. He was incredibly grateful for the opportunity to live together as a family. And we moved in just 30 days later. I, wow. The people who uh, were moving into my home wanted to be in our house before the holidays. So I had 30 days to pack my home. Everything went into storage. I sold most of my furniture, so it was very, it was a very frenetic sort of letting go of a lot of stuff, which now looking back on it was probably a really good thing. I think the universe was at play there, sort of helping me let go of the past and get ready to move in together. So how was like the the first couple of weeks? I mean, were you were you able I mean, you couldn't have been like you were first married no not at all we never reconciled as a couple we had separate bedrooms uh the kids each had their own room so we lived as a family but everyone had their own space and the first actually month was wonderful he um was a different person and i really expected you know when someone's dying you sort of expect that they will see life in a different way and he'd always been a very angry individual man and I saw a different man when I moved in he was so happy to have his family back with him and we spent the holidays together with his family in Philadelphia we were living in Chicago at the time and we we the first month was wonderful but as time went along you know the old him started to creep back in and what I found was old dynamics in our relationship started to creep up and that's when I realized I really hadn't forgiven him for the past and it began to take a real toll on me the stress and the having to deal with um, reliving my past kind of on a daily basis with him and that was the realization uh that I needed to find some sort of forgiveness for both of us. So the act of forgiveness to you then meant what? Why Why did you think that, how did you know that it was the act of not forgiving that landed you in that bit of turmoil? Um, I had assumed when I moved in I had forgiven him because other, otherwise how else would you move in? But sure. what I realized is I began to have some health issues and it was related to the stress. And the only thing that was different in my life was I had moved in with him. And what I began to realize was, you know, on a daily basis as we would interact, our interactions would drudge up past movies for me and I would play them in my mind and I'd feel those same feelings all over again and I realized 
you know, I had to find a way to get rid of those. Were those feelings like you felt like you weren't being appreciated or you felt uh, uh, his anger towards a situation or towards you or what is it that you were actually feeling? So a lot of anger, um, a lot of hurt, sadness, um, grief. I found myself grieving again for our marriage that it, you know, had not worked out. Um, and, you know, a lot of anger that he wasn't changing who he was, even in death, that he wasn't um, letting go of his ego and learning to operate from a place of love instead of egoism. And um, I just really couldn't I woke uh, I got to a point where I was waking up every morning just exhausted and I don't know if listeners will sort of relate to this I use it in my seminar you know I just got tired of waking up and feeling like I never got enough sleep I was exhausted all the time I felt like I had the weight of the world on my back and um, I was walking around so angry all of the time too and withdrawn and I just realized it was up to me to figure out how to deal with my emotions in hindsight looking at it you were looking instead of looking at him and blaming him you took responsibility for your own feelings yes and that's a big part of the process of forgiveness and one of the steps I teach that um, when someone does something to you whoever it is that's done it has an event or created an act or it's a relationship that isn't working that person you're you can't control that person's actions you absolutely it's completely out of your control and their actions aren't always really meant to be something against you their actions come from a place of their history, their experience, maybe even their brokenness. And so you can only control your response. You can only control your emotions. And you get to choose which ones to attach to their actions. And when you can really sort of separate those two, it allows you to start feeling more in control because they'll still... if you're in an ongoing relationship like I was, he was still doing those same actions, but I got to pick how I reacted emotionally to them. Mm, I see. Now, before we get into the forgiveness process, which is really fantastic, I really want to get everyone to hear that. Let's talk about your kids. What was going on with your kids during that time? So they both handled this situation very differently. My daughter really embraced her time together with her father, and she found a way to create a relationship with him. They spent, um, you know, probably 30 minutes to an hour or two together every day in the afternoon after she would get home from school. My son um, still unfortunately had a lot of resentments and could not get past a lot of his hurt. And he did not really reach a sense of closure with his father. So he was sort of on the outskirts of this whole experience, just sort of watching and, and staying distant. Before he, before his father passed, they did have a very lovely conversation. But he's had to deal with this past uh, year since his father's death deal with his own emotions around his guilt that he didn't 
take advantage of that time together and spend quality time with him. I see. And how old is he? So my son just turned 21 and my daughter's 18. And during that year, how old were they? So he was uh, 19 when his father passed away and my daughter was 17. She was just turning 17. Okay. So he he will have been gone two years in September. Mm-hmm. So they're doing great. Um, I think it's because of that time we spent together. But it was interesting to watch how my son had a little more work that he had to do after his father's passing, um, dealing with some issues of guilt that he had. And was some of those issues also prior uh, or just before the divorce or just before you initially separated? He wasn't experiencing guilt, but he definitely had a lot of rage and anger for his father. And they definitely always had a contentious relationship. You know, my hope was that when you know you're dying, you kind of want to clean house and you want to find a way to connect with the important relationships in your life. And I really had hoped for my son's sake that his father would take the opportunity to do that. And unfortunately, their relationship continued the same way it had been when we lived together as a family. Uh Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about forgiveness then. What is the biggest myth about forgiveness? So I think the biggest myth um, that people have a really hard time with is the fact that when you forgive, it is not for the other person. You are not forgiving that person and condoning that person's actions. The forgiveness is for you. It's to release yourself from these shackles, from this, you know, absolute space where you are living in anger and with grudges and resentments and and hate and hurt. It's to let you go. It's to let you out of that space that you're in. It has nothing to do with letting the other person off the hook or even saying to that person, I'm okay with what you did. And I think for a lot of people, they think that when you forgive, it's about saying to the other person, I forgive you for what you did. I accept what you did. That's really not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is for you. So you had said originally that when you first moved in with your husband, you Mm -hmm. thought that you had forgiven him, but as but you didn't. So you went through another process. So there, in fact, you're telling us that there is a process. It's just not making the decision and then going forward. No, it's not that easy. And that was my frustration, frankly, Jules, when I finally realized, okay, I think I need to forgive this per- I need to forgive him so that I can be free and I went and you know I went to the bookstore and looked for self-help books I went on the internet and googled you know forgiveness processes and all of them basically just said you just have to decide to forgive a lot of them said oh wake up every morning and say your I forgive mantra and none of that resonated with me I'm more of a practical person and I I thought, well, you can't just wish it. If that were, if it were that easy, we'd all 
be living in a different place. So I found that I needed a more practical method to forgive. And so I came up with something just through reading other books and reading what other people were doing. I came up with like what people always tell me is a very practical way to forgive. It's sort of a, a linear thing. It's four steps and it's very simple to understand. And I think when you have sort of a roadmap of how to do anything, it makes it easier to get through the process. Mm-mm. And it could take a couple of weeks or it could take a couple of years. Yes. And it's an, and it is an ongoing thing. Uh-huh. You know, I, and what I always tell people too is some of the steps in the process of forgiveness are actually skills that you can use on a daily basis, not necessarily always forgiving, but they're just skills that you can use to understand and break down your emotions around anything you're doing. So it's this idea of learning to separate your emotions from somebody's actions. You can use that all day, every day, and everything that you do. So it's a valuable tool in and of itself, not even if you're focused on forgiving. So how do you know that you get to the point where you know now you have to forgive? I mean, some people never get to that point. They always stay in their anger. But how? what is the point that you can actually come to grips that you need to forgive to go forward so I know a lot of people who say they will never be able to forgive Mm -hmm. and I have people that sit in my seminars that say you know I understand what you're saying but I just will never be able to do that and what I say to them is very simply you have to get to the point where you love yourself more than you love holding on to a grudge or wanting revenge And if you break it down and you look at it that simply, do you really love going after somebody holding a grudge against that person or do you love yourself? Mm. Well, it's, I think when you break it apart like that, it's very easy for most people to point and say, well, I love myself. Well, then love yourself enough to learn to forgive this person. And again, I always remind them because there are a bunch of things, there's probably about seven things that keep people from forgiving. And one of the big myths, like we talked earlier, is condoning. So you're not condoning that person's actions. You can still say what you did was horrible to me, but I love myself more than I love holding on to my grudge against you. Do you have to get to the point where you are sick and tired of the anger or sick and tired of thinking about it? I think that that's where most people have to get to in order to forgive for that first time. But I think once you've gone through forgiveness and you've learned how to do it for yourself, I I think it's easier not to get to that point of anger and hatred than in other instances. But I feel like that first time most people have to, it's almost kind of like, you know, hitting rock bottom, Mm -hmm. right? Like you've just got to get to the point where I am so tired of hating this person. I'm so tired of wasting my energy. Mm -hmm. And and wasting all those thoughts. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Well, you waste your time. You're wasting your energy. It takes way more energy to hate someone than to love them. I have found out, you know, through personal experience. And it it just, it's a waste of your time. You can't live fully. You cannot live a fully actualized, loving life if you are constantly having negative thoughts. There's no space for the positive thoughts and the positive energy then. Right. And you know what comes to mind is the more you hate, the more you're a slave to that person. Exactly. Mm. There's a a statement I use um, at the very end of my workshop that says, you know, stop giving your power Mm. to somebody who knows that doesn't even know that they have it. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you letting someone else control your emotions and they don't even know that they're controlling your emotions? Yeah, it's uh, and that's where it's so positive for you to stop and take a look. Wait a minute. I'm doing this myself. I'm the <laughs> responsible for creating all this havoc in my life. So that's quite powerful. The point to get to. So tell us some of the process in which to forgive. What is the forgiveness process? So I have a a very practical four-step process that starts out with first just acknowledging your feelings that you these are your feelings you have to own them and that no one is in charge of your feelings mm-hmm. and then I use um, an analogy of playing a movie so when you go to a movie theater you sit at home and you rent a movie and it's a bad movie like it you know has a horrible ending horrible outcome you're upset that you've wasted money and spent time and energy watching this bad movie. And if someone said to you, oh, let's go watch XYZ movie again, you'd say, no, I've already watched that movie. It's bad. I don't want to watch it. Well, that's what we do every day when we dredge up these, you know, movies from the past. Every time you think about an event that happened to you that is upsetting, You are reliving that movie as if it is happening in real time. Your body, your subconscious doesn't know the difference. So you're you're emotionally, you're taking all of that emotion back in. So the second step is to replay the movie one last time, knowing it's the last time you're going to have to watch it. And then I, I teach a process where we dissect the movie scene by scene and you make a list of the actions that occur and the emotions that come up for you so it's their their actions versus your feelings and you really then take a look at it and say well what am I in control of only my feelings I have absolutely no control over these actions and then from that point you can say I'm going to stop watching this bad movie and what I say to people is the next time that movie cues up when something triggers it to come up you hit the stop button don't watch it pull it off the shelf take it out of rotation and then start to replace those negative feelings with positive actions and it's actually finding things that you are passionate about or that you enjoy doing and putting positive feelings and energy into that 
And that begins to translate then into filling those voids that are created from pulling the negative movies out. You're immediately filling them with positive feelings and emotions. And the reason why I tell people to start with actions, it's because the more that we do something, then it becomes natural. So I use an example in my book of cooking. I am passionate about cooking, love to cook. So I began making meals every night for my family and literally everything I did from chopping to stirring to setting the table, I would think I love my family. I love to cook. I love the color of these plates. And I would just positive, positive, positive reinforcement. And then it becomes easier for you when you need to hit the stop button and not think negative thoughts, you've got some positive stuff in the bank that you can immediately pull from. Mm -hmm. And because it's been action related, it tends to cement itself with you more. Mm -hmm. I like the um, going back to the movie because you have a chance to review too. In the case that perhaps you were perceiving the wrong by another person, different than what mm-hmm. it was and so it, it that makes so much sense so often I look back on my life and I saw things and then when I went back to review it wait a minute wait a minute they meant something else I got it totally wrong exactly and the reality is when something is done to you the majority of people don't wake up every morning looking to go out and harm people. Right. Okay, there There is a small group of people, maybe that does occur because they've got a chemical imbalance in their brain, but most people wake up wanting to be good people. So when something's done to you that's, you know, not good or, you know, this egregious act, it's helpful too when you're looking at their actions to realize, you know, that that comes from a place of their experience, their history, their past. And it may not exactly have anything to do with you. Right. They may be, that may be their skill set. That may be how they react to things. That may be, I, I don't like to use the word broken because I don't like to say that we're broken people. But some people have histories and pasts that they haven't processed appropriately. And so it colors the way they conduct themselves in their life. Right. And I think that's another helpful piece for people is to realize like, it's not always about me. It, it wasn't necessarily about anything I did. That's just how that person is. Right. Okay. So let's go to the part where he is, your ex is getting close to death, say within the last two weeks, and you notice that things are moving forward. What were, how did you feel? How, do, how were your kids then reacting? So we were in a pretty peaceful place. Um, I tell people I never had an aha moment with forgiveness where I like woke up and like, ah, oh, I forgave. I, I can feel it. I know that I have forgiven. What I noticed was that last month that we lived together, he really required round-the-clock care. Mm. And my days were much easier to get through. Mm. Um, the sun looked brighter to me. The, everything just seemed 
easier and lighter. And when something, he would do something that would remind me of our past, I just would look at him and think, that's how he reacts to things. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just going to send him love. That action has absolutely nothing to do with me. I'm going to leave it, not even going to touch it. And I was able to really be in a very loving place with him. I didn't love him as my husband. I loved him as just a human being that was going to die, that deserved compassion Mm -hmm. and um, comfort. Mm -hmm. And the children through watching me do those things and for me to get to that point, it was easy for them then to step in and sort of drop their um, feelings that they were having. They hadn't forgiven at that point, and I wasn't actively working with them to forgive. But I think because they saw me be caring and um, just coming from a different place, they were able to do the same thing. They were mimicking my behavior, and it was easy for them to do that. Wow. So take us up to the point where he, a couple days before he died, was he cognizant? Was he... So for us, we were so blessed. He really um, was not bedridden until 10 days before he passed. He was cognizant up to about 24 hours before he passed. Um, He slept a lot. He was sleeping a lot. And there were moments where he was reliving things and would wake up thinking he was in a meeting or something. Um, They were very humorous moments for us. (laughs) Um, But we... uh, we're very fortunate that he was really with us. And the night that he passed, my son had left three weeks earlier to go to college. We wanted him. My son actually took a year off in between high school and college um, to stay home with his father while he was sick. So they did have that opportunity to spend that year together. But it was time for him to go to school. So we encouraged him to leave for school. My daughter had an overnight trip she had to take, and so she was out of the house. So it was just myself and my mother-in-law in the house, and we had a night nurse that night for the very first time. Hospice sent a night nurse because I hadn't slept in like four days. Mm-hmm. And he passed that night. And I think it was really uh Divine intervention, uh, the universe, you know, uh, giving us blessings that he passed peacefully. He passed while the children weren't in the house. There was no sort of, you know, trauma for them. My daughter came home the next day and he was gone. Um, And we were just really blessed. Uh, One of the big learning experiences we had that really has nothing to do with forgiveness, but I'll share it anyway, was this idea of letting go. We lived in fear for months of how horrible his death was going to be. I mean, we were um, told by hospice it was going to be very ugly. And I woke up every day completely freaked out, worried about how I was going to deal with it. And he was afraid as well. And uh, probably a month before he passed, I remember one morning we were up early. He was taking his meds and... um, He said, you know, I'm not going to worry anymore about how I'm going to die. And I said, you know, I can't think about it anymore. I'm, it's exhausting and, and frightening. And that was the day we decided we weren't going to think about it anymore. And 
I always say we were blessed because he passed peacefully. And I think it's really because we let go of trying to control Mm -hmm. the end. Right. Did he have a moment where he could talk to you privately, uh, like 24 hours before he died, where he came to the place of peace and accepting? Um, he and I did not. He had some on it. He had that, you know, goodbye conversation with each of the kids um, before they left. And he and I had had a lot of really wonderful dinners together over that 10 month period, especially in the beginning where he was still mobile and was just going through chemo and radiation. And we had the opportunity to kind of talk about our past and um, kind of come to terms and accept each other for who we were. Um, His mother was, she stayed with us for the last month as well. And I think they had the opportunity to have some great conversations as well. But I don't know that he, he and I did not have kind of that final conversation together. I think that he just knew we were kind of in a place. We just knew that we really cared for each other. And um, I was there with him to the, the bitter end. I was the last one with him when he passed. And um, I followed his body out to the, um, the funeral home van um, as they took him away because I had promised him that I would be there with him at the end. And it was a very lovely experience even though it was a very tragic thing to have happen right right it is it's just like being birthed into another reality (laughs) it is and you know death is a reality death is part of life and i look at it as we were fortunate to have time to plan and we were fortunate that we knew when it was going to happen you know some families aren't so fortunate Uh, it just happened suddenly. So we were blessed in that way. And um, I've, I I just can't say enough about the positive experience of allowing him to pass at home. It's just, it's a very huge undertaking, but something that is worth it for a family if you can do it. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. I had my father pass in the house with me and it was probably one of the most beautiful experiences of my life yeah it it really is talk about um getting into this divine space of wow life It, it doesn't end it continues you could just you could feel it it's very very powerful You can completely feel it. My father passed away in June of last year, and I was able to sort of coach my mother through what the end looked like. And I unfortunately did not arrive in time, but his body was still there when I got there. And there's just this beautiful divine energy that surrounds anyone. And I think it's the greatest gift you can give anyone is to allow them to pass at home. And the gift you get is just knowing Um, that they're going to um, the next phase, the next place. And it's such a, it's, it's just such a peaceful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. So this experience for you taught you about this incredible experience called forgiveness. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that is divinely orchestrated. Had your husband not been sick, would you have learned about this forgiveness? Absolutely not. In fact, I, I tell people, I feel everything in my life has led to this moment and that I've gone through everything I've gone through and I've had the careers and the experience and life skills that I've had because this was what I was really put on the earth to do. I share, I I had a moment when I was 18 months old where I fell through the railing of, um, the apartment building that my parents were living at from the third floor. Oh my goodness. And I did not, I had no major injuries. Um, I was in the hospital for 24 hours. I didn't even have a broken bone. And I always knew Jules, even as a small child, I always had this feeling that I was spared for a reason. Something, there was something else for me to be doing. And I really feel like this is it. I feel like I was spared and I've gone through everything I've gone through and was married to who I was married and went through this process with him, his dying, so that I can share my intimate experience that hopefully people will be able to connect with and I can really share the power of forgiveness with people. That brings up another good point. When we, and and maybe you have to, In your case, not, but in my case, I had to get to a ripe old age so that I could look back and go, wow, all of these things happened for a reason, and now I can see it. And you're right, it does land you where you're supposed to be. But it is true, everything is indicating that you are at the perfect place at the perfect time to experience what you need to experience to move or to even evolve yourself into another level. And that's a really, I I talk about that a lot with my readers and, and people who connect with me through social media. And that's a hard thing to say when you're going through something really horrible. And I, But I'm a real believer, just like you, Jules, that everything happens in our life. And those hard moments are the things that make us grow and mature and propel us to what, what it is we're supposed to be learning and moving on to the next phase, whatever that might be in our life. And then let's go to a bigger picture because science is now showing that the more people who can evolve and mature and get into that place the more humanity is evolving collectively. So for every person that goes through what you have gone and, and are at the place where you're serving other, others, you are, in fact, helping humankind to evolve to the next level. And that's so important to realize that it's just not about you. It's about everyone. You know, when you shift your own personal energy, you are impacting the energy of the universe. Mm -hmm. You are, you know, we are all responsible for universal energy. We all contribute to that in some way. So you're absolutely right. I'm a big believer in that. Mm. Yeah, that's so important for everyone to realize that we need to keep growing and we need to experience the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
it's all part of life, you know, no one ever, I always say to my kids, you know, I never promised you life was going to be, you know, candy land, like, you know, bad things happen sometimes. And it's how you get through them that show, you know, helps you build your character. And, and that's who you are, exactly. you know, bad, bad things happen occasionally. That's just life. Yeah, it's just life. <laughs> that's just life. <laughs> so during this tremendous time that you were going through, you were still able to laugh. You still had joy. You still had triumphs. And you, even though you were experiencing um, uh, a really difficult time in your life. Is that true? Yes, I had a great support system. My family, my friends were great supporters. You know, my ex-husband and I had our moments where we laughed. I, I I share a very intimate story in the book about his last shower that uh, was uh, very fun for us and gave us a moment where we felt connected and we could laugh about ourselves. Um, So I did. I did find those moments. It was not easy. I mean, I did have my moments where I would cry. I had my moments where I was stressed and overwhelmed. And I share all of that with people because it isn't an easy process. But it's one that ultimately is worthwhile and um, really helps you evolve to a better place. Um, life just seems so much richer these days, Jules. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I feel very fortunate. Mm, that's beautiful. So tell us where people can find your book. So you, um, my book is available on Amazon.com. You can also go to my website www.walkingbeyond.com and the book is actually the first in a planned series the second book Walking Through the Shadows uh, the year after will be out in September oh, on wow. Barnes um, at Amazon.com too it's also available at Barnes & Noble um, it's not currently stocked on the shelf but you can go and order it wonderful, wonderful and let's give the name of the book again it's Walking Toward the light. Walking Toward the Light, A Journey in Forgiveness and Death. Wow. And again, if you want to go to my website, I've got all sorts of other products on there as well, meditation apps for forgiveness. It's uh, walkingbeyond.com is the website. Wow, that is great. Well, Karen, it's been wonderful. This is a very important topic for all of us to move forward. And we don't have to be stuck in our anger or in feeling like a victim or anything we have the choice uh, and an easy choice to forgive to let go and to go forward in happiness well thank you so much for allowing me to chat with your listeners today about forgiveness you are powerful and i wish you the best of luck thank you so much jules it's been my pleasure And to all my wonderful, incredible, beautiful listeners, have a safe, joyful, happy, productive week. We'll be right here next week waiting for you. Until then, bye-bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.